Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew Kissinger, and I am the Director of Marketing for the Ashford Center. I'm also the host of Talk Talks, and today we have an awesome guest. Her name is Jessica Dotson, and she is the ABA Director for the Ashford Center. Um, as you may or may not know, the Ashford Center has a very large and successful ABA program uh, with tons of kiddos, and we're helping kids just learn so much. Uh, we see so much improvement in the lives of these families um, every day, and so I wanted to have Jess on to talk about her a little bit and about, you know, what she does here and kind of how our program may, may differ from others. So welcome, Jess. Thank you, Pat. I'm glad <laughs> to be here. So the first question I have for you is what brought you to ABA? What, what made you want to get involved with autism and mm -hmm. therapy? So I stumbled upon it. Um, I graduated with my undergrad in psychology and was just kind of looking for different jobs in the field. I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go. Um, I thought about the counseling route, social work. There's lots of options. Um, so I had a friend who was a behavior technician um, in the Grand Rapids area. And she's like, Jess, this is a really cool job as a behavior technician. You should try it. Like, sure. Why not? Within the first week, I was asking my BCBA, how do I become you? Like, what is this job and how can I do that? Um, and it was within that field of psychology. And uh, it was it was just perfect. And it all kind of just fell into place. I stumbled upon it. And you went, you went to school, the city school was Blake. Yep. Um, and so you come to university out in the Grand Rapids area. Mm -hmm. So had you completed your undergrad, then went to be, should be a behavioral technician? Yes. Awesome. So then what's involved after, you know, you have your undergrad, what, what's involved in getting a degree? To be, a, yeah. Um, so to be a BCBA, the board certified behavior analyst, um, you have to get your master's degree uh, in, you know, behavior analysis. There's um, other related fields that you could also get a certificate in, um, but most people go the master's um, of behavior analysis uh, route. After that, there's a certain amount of practicum hours you have to accrue. Um, typically, you do that while working as a behavior technician oftentimes, um, and then you sit for a board's exam. Uh, once you pass that board's exam, you're BCBA. Awesome. Now, I, I know that at the Oxford Center, we have like a student program. Uh -huh. Were you involved in one of those students? student type programs are there are those at other centers or with the only one they do they have them across other centers um each center kind of varies on how they treat practicum students um the clinic i was at it was more so i had a bcba who was interested in taking me on as a student and it was more of like a individual type of thing as opposed to that clinic had me as one of their practicum students so you were um so like at the Oxford center we have them on staff and they have a bcba that's working with them, giving them the what whatever they need yeah. you know, to, to sit with their board. Yes, and then one of the perks of um, how we have it here is that we have all of our BCBAs on site. We're only clinic-based. So you might have a direct supervisor that's providing you, you know, majority of like the guidance of what you should be doing to accrue your practicum hours, but you have a whole team of BCBAs that are still helping support you in your growth as you become a BCBA. Yeah, and if anyone, if you come to Ashford Center, we... We divide everyone in scrub colors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they wear scrubs. Me either. I would pay money to be able to wear scrubs. I've tried. Mm -hmm. They don't They don't let me wear scrubs. Uh, but we have, in BCBAs are gray scrubs. Yep. We have um, behavioral technicians are black scrubs, and our students have a maroon top. Yes. Uh, and then speech, OT, PT, blue scrubs. Yep. Each bot like a greenish. So, and then Andrew gets no scrubs. Uh, <laughs> Jess gets no scrubs either. Yeah, that's the life we wish. <laughs> oh, I miss pockets. 
I know, I have pockets, but I just would love to have a work in pajamas. I think that would be the greatest thing on the planet. It is very comfortable. I, I miss, you know, I do miss the days as just a VCBA that I could wear scrubs and have to wake up and think about what I was wearing. I miss those days. <laughs> yeah. So now that you are the director, you run a show. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you worked at other centers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you became, you worked here for, what, at least a year, you know, before you were promoted you mm-hmm. know, for that position. What differs the Ashford Center's program maybe from other programs you've seen or worked in? Mm-hmm. Um, well, now one of the biggest things is, you know, the facility here. Obviously, at our very location, we have the village, and it allows us to really be able to take, you know, the Oxford way of ABA to the next level. We've always done things in a more functional type of naturalistic type of way, um, as opposed to some more standard types of ABA clinics um, are very, you know, table time heavy, very... Um, when you hear of discrete trial teaching, it can be kind of robotic at times. Um, for example, if you think of like, um, teaching, you know, following instructions for prepositions, a lot of standard AMA clinics might give you a water bottle and a pen, and I'm going to set the water bottle in front of you. And I'm going to say, put the pen behind the water bottle. Great. I'm going to teach you what behind means, but when are you going to be putting a pen behind a water bottle? Ah. Um, so here I might teach something in a structured like environment at the table where I'm teaching the, okay, put this behind this, but then I can go and we can, you know, walk around our village and maybe we're in the grocery store and it's, oh, here, like, we're going to put this back. Let's put these chips. They go behind, um, the can of tomatoes. And so we're teaching it in a more functional way, not just checking that box saying like, yep, they know what behind us. Yeah, they might know in that situation, but can they actually use it in a functional, true way? That's where we can kind of differ and really focus on here. So is that, does that fall under, um, I guess, the saying of children with autism a lot of times have not traditional um, uh, translation Mm -hmm. issues? Yeah. So is that translation to where we can can put a pen behind a water bottle, but we can't translate that to the real world? Exactly. What that means, I just hear it and I don't necessarily know it. Yeah, and so we talk about it as like generalization. So being able to take a scale and generalize and use it across multiple environments and multiple people. Um, that's also how we do our staffing is part of, we part of the reason we do it is to address that as well. Um, some places it's one technician with one client, which can have the pros. That technician is going to really know that client. But what if that technician's out sick or, um, you know, they go and choose a different career what is that client going to do then? Are they going to be able to work with a new staff member with flawlessly? A lot of times, no. It takes that time. And so we want them to be used to, you know, two to three different caregivers. That way, if there is that time where, you know, even in schools, they're going to get a new teacher, that their learning isn't halted and they don't regress because of a new staff. They can easily, you know, that first day, yes, it might be a day where we're just pairing, getting to know each other. But that rapport is going to be built quicker because you've already taught how to work across multiple staff members and we'll be able to start learning skills quicker. Interesting. I've heard a lot of people say the Ashford Center, um, how do you put it? They put it, is not a huge fan of traditional ABA. What does that mean exactly? And how? what do we do that's maybe non-traditional and why is that better? Um, I think it really goes back to kind of that like more functional, natural environment type of learning. Um, there's a lot of different like old style ABA where um, we don't, um, 
trying to think we even thinking of how we do things here the fact that we target things like you know tying how emotions affect behavior and teaching them how to you know identify an emotion as well as okay you feel sad thanks for telling me you feel sad what can you do about it so recognizing that um emotions they're something that you know are really hard to teach and identify it's not a behavior an emotion and behavior they're different but with emotions you, you get behavior if i'm sad and upset i might leave the room that i'm in and go take a moment so that behavior is because of an emotion i felt so recognizing that you know that's a thing and we want to teach you know how do we address these and also personalizing it to not everyone is going to find squeezes you know lights off and a break as a coping skill um some people are going to utilize different types of skills so recognizing that more personal type of approach interesting i like it so talk to me a little bit about um what else we utilize that that differs i know that um how would you put it the like we don't allow screen time um which makes perfect sense when you think about it you know some of these kiddos have social deficits why would we give them a screen to sit in the corner for 20 minutes you know talk to me a, a little bit about that yes um so definitely you know we we don't use screen time um there's a time and a place that utilizing a, a screen is appropriate um but just as a okay you sat there you did your five minutes of work here's three minutes of watching a video um, that's not really addressing a skill deficit there. When they're here, we want to capitalize on every opportunity. So when they're on their free time and their break, we're working on expanding their leisure activities, engaging in social interaction. So if, you know, if a screen, if we do use screens at all, we have a smart board. It's, you're going to, we're going to go find a group of, you know, five friends and we're going to do a movement video. We're looking at other peers. We're imitating what they're doing. We're attending to a screen to do something not just as a i'm just gonna sit here and i'm just gonna watch it um if maybe it's an older client and we're playing you know a game with a peer that is the extent that we want to use because that screen time you know it does take away from that social interaction we want them to be able to you know sit down and play a board game with a peer um and be able to find other leisure activities that aren't just you know, a screen. Because, you know, right now, nowadays, you see the kids have screens all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's our clients, some of our clients, that's all they know how to do. All they know how to do is, you know, sit in front of a screen. So what can we teach them to engage in other, you know, leisure activities? Right. And it makes sense so that even though, in their view, they're on a break. We worked for five, ten minutes, whatever. Yeah. We we did our programming in, in different things. Uh, we're all going to take a break, but in the BCBA's eyes, we're still There's learning. There's no we're break. Right. <laughs> but we're still doing stuff that's yeah. productive yep. you know, for their growth and development, you know, progression through all that. Yes. Absolutely love that. Yeah. So, I mean, I want them to work to go play a board game. Right. To them, this is great. This is fun. We're playing a board game as a BCBA. Okay. We're taking turns. We're sitting and attending to a peer. We're answering questions. Like, I can name a ton of things that they're actually working on but it's in a fun it's in a fun way right right which is you have to make it fun exactly you know that makes everything better That's so I, I get that um now how what is and i know tammy's opinion on this because i've heard her when she gets tours <laughs> uh what's her opinion on reward uh and food food is a reward 
Uh, so in your opinion, I was gonna say my opinion. I want our kids to have a good, happy, healthy relationship with food. Um, food isn't, you know, a reward. I don't. Okay, touch your nose. Good job. Here's a skittle. Um, yes, they like that skittle. It's probably gonna increase the future likelihood that they're gonna touch their nose, but. We're not creating some type of, you know, healthy relationship with food. Um, and it's also, you know, that Skittle. What other skill is that Skittle teaching? Um, I want the, okay, touch your nose. Wow, great job. Let's go play that game with a peer. So we're providing reinforcement of other preferred things that are going to target other skills that are going to be, you know, appropriate and necessary. I know this 100% because um, so... Grace, who is in our program, um, has a diagnosis of autism. And when we were literally working on touch her nose, they would cheer. Mm -hmm. And Grace literally would look for the cheers. Uh -huh. So she'd touch her nose and she'd look around like, okay, who's cheering? Yeah, let's go. I did it. You know, she was so proud of it. And, and that's what we want to see. We had a kid the other day. He clapped his hands. Everyone cheered. It was the first time he did it independently. And right after that, he's looking around and he's like, like that was great and that's what we want we want that social type of reinforcement you know we want that to be motivating because that's not something that's naturally motivating to some children with autism no no it's it's not um now i see a lot of times um the text in blackstroke mm -hmm. um they have an ipad so if we're not using electronics or an ipad they have a, a device yeah Apple, so what is that data um, everything we do, we collect data on. So every, you know, if we're transitioning bet um, between room one and room two, and we have, you know, a child who might not always, maybe they walk too fast in front of them, or they might elope, they might run away. We have a transition program where, you know, maybe every five steps we're taking data on correct, they're uh, staying with us, incorrect, they're not. If they are walking with us, then they get some type of prey, some type of reinforcement. If they, you know, elope, then there is a, you know, in that text tablet, it says, what do you do next? You're running this program and, you know, they get it wrong or they run away. Here's what you do. And we have that. We call it like an error correction procedure where, you know, they error. Okay. What do we do to teach the skill now? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the data. So that's what um, we have access to yep. as parents, uh, which... I don't know if parents are listening to this and you have not logged into Catalyst. Yep. That's a system we logged into as parents. It will make you cry. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. Like our dad, we got trained on as parents. That's so I didn't connect the dots there. Um, and uh, our BCD was showing us, so this is how you log it. This is, these are mm -hmm. some of the charts you can pull up. And you watch these charts and they're going up. And it's literally, it's, it's so happy, yeah. you know, to see the progress, like real progress physical chart of what she's yes it's not just like oh yeah it really seems like they're doing good like no you can actually see like we are taking data and showing like yep this behavior is increasing yep this problem behavior is decreasing and right. you know it, it's real yeah i also like how um parameters yes um i think and i, I was assuming other centers do that I, I have no idea but i love the ability to meet you know once a week or once every other week and sit down, figure out what's been, what we're doing, and then where we're going, and how us as parents get help. Yeah, because what we've learned is if it stops at the center, it stops at the center. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. If you're not working on these things at home, so that you know your your kiddo's getting this all the time. Yeah, the success goes through the roof. Well, and it's we want everything that they're showing us that they can do here to be happening at home. 
um, you know, anyone, they're going to learn across different environments. If this gets me this here, but this gets me this here, we're going to default to the easiest one that I, that you can do. If at the clinic they make me, you know, request with a full sentence to get what they want, yeah, they're going to do it at the clinic because that's expected. But at home, you know, we point and that's what we get. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. That's that easiest response. Um, so working with the family and letting, you know, them know they can do this. Here, come on in. Let's have you see it being done in the clinic, how we can help ensure that you can do it at home. And then let's transition that over. Um, and then, you know, you guys get to see, the parents get to see these awesome things that we're seeing here or vice versa. Sometimes parents tell me, oh yeah, no, they can do that. Like, okay, uh, uh, they can. So they're just, hiding it from you. Yeah, so that open communication to make sure that expectations are the same across all environments and that we're here to support each other. It's tough. Yeah, absolutely. It's, but that's what you have to do as a parent. You, it, the job never, it never stops. And that's what we're here to support of not everything that we do in ABA, well, they're at the Oxford Center, is going to be 100% applicable for families to be able to do. If you have three other children, there's not a one-to-one -one ratio that you're getting in ABA. But that's the role of a BCBA of figuring out what can we do? How can we make what we're doing here work a different way in a different type of environment? And that's what the BCBAs can do is they can figure out, okay, this is how we do it here. Nope, that's not a, something that you guys can do. Totally fine. Let's figure out something that we can do. Right, right. I love it. Now, how do you um, do, uh, we offer obviously speech and, and, and occupational therapy, physical therapy, and tons of different therapies. Do the BCBAs work with the other therapists, you know, to create different plans and, and I guess work together from a more syner synergistic approach? Yes. And that's really, you know, we always want to make sure that we're on the same page. It's kind of like how BCBAs, can, you know, and caregivers, they need to be on the same page. So does all of the other services. Um, so the BCBAs have the ability to kind of push in to some of those services and see and observe. Maybe during, you know, their PT session, they're always engaging in this problem behavior that's interfering with them from being able to do PT. The behavior analyst can go in and see what can we set up in the environment. We talk about, you know, what's what's happening before the behavior? What's the behavior? What can we do now? Uh, talk to me a little bit about, I know that we have a summer program called yes. Camp ABA. Um, what does it really look like and who is it for? So um, we're targeting, you know, those school age clients. Um, think like middle school age, but, you know, there could be some flexibility within that. Um, and we want this to be clients who, you know, they might be successful in school during the school year. Um, they're pretty successful, but they're still encountering some types of barriers where they might not be successful if you put them, you know, in a regular summer camp. So we have our Camp ABA program that we design it so it kind of seems like a regular summer camp. Every week there's different themes. We have a down on the farm theme, a solar system themes. Each week there's something, um, a theme, and all of our activities are um, based around that. And so you'll get, you know, different types of, you know, assemblies and activities that are targeting a variety of different skills. We can work on, you know, conversations, social skills, you know, targeting the school readiness behavior too of being in a large group, tolerating all of the people, the loud environments, attending to a group instructor. Um, we have, you know, a staff member whose sole job is to run all of the groups and act kind of as, you know, a teacher would to be able to work on sitting and attending to a group instructor. If someone says, okay, everybody stand up, 
is everyone really going to stand up? That's not a skill that all of the clients have. So we can teach that in an environment with, you know, a one to one staffing to be able to work on increasing, you know, the behaviors that you're going to need to go to any other summer camp. Right. That's awesome. And it's fun. It's fun. It's lots of fun. We have a great time. I've seen the themes. Yes. Uh, last year I did the, the newsletter for it. And like, it was awesome to send the photos. We take photos of the kids and all the parents get that newsletter that are, you know, have their kids in camp. Uh, what we did last week and what we're going to do next week. And I, I think it's an awesome program. So um, eight to four, Monday through Friday, I think is, is what the time was. So so parents that have their kids uh, with autism, have a diagnosis that are in school, they can come here and have a program, an ABA program that looks camp-ish. So it's fun, yeah. um, but still... It's still individualized. They still have a set of goals that they're specifically working on. So it's not just dropping them off at a summer camp. It's dropping them off at a summer camp so they can learn all of these behaviors that are going to make them more successful. While having fun. While having fun. We have a great... Our staff love it. We have such a great time over camp. Speaking of staff, um, are you hiring? Always. Yes. Yes, we are absolutely hiring. Um, so what positions are you hiring and for, and what are like the qualifications you know, for those? Um, Great opportunity. Put in a plug for getting more yes. people. <laughs> um, so behavior technician role, um, 18 years old with a high school diploma. Um, and it's just the desire to care for people and want to work with children. Um, that's really like, that's, that's what you need. If you know, you want to help people, you want to work with kids, um, you want to make a change, this is the job for you. Um, you get, you know, hands-on, all of the training is on the job, hands-on. There's not, you know, 40 hours of, you know, PowerPoint training. Um, you need to do the job to really know the job here. You probably get to know the, the kids you're going to work with. Absolutely. Because every kid's different. Um, Absolutely. See them in the hallways. It's, it's been very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and then probably BCBA. Are you hiring for BCBA? Yes, we are also hiring for BCBAs. Um, we get a big influx of uh, clients in the summer, so we are also looking for uh, maybe BCBAs who work in schools over the school year and are looking for a summer. Um, because we have kids that, you know, come solely for the summer, I'm looking for BCBAs who come for the summer. Um, we're also, we're continuing to grow. Our facility is just, um, we're only a year old. Uh, it seems like we've been in this new building forever, but... Um, we're still growing it, and so everyone. Um, we have an amazing group. Of we have an amazing group. Of they also, with us, I think, almost all of a pre-building, like they came on just as the building was opening. Mm -hmm. uh, Quite a few, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Recently, we've been trickling in a few more as we continue to grow. We need more BCAs to take on all these awesome kiddos. So, you know, uh, in the AB field, ratios are a big thing. Well, go further than that. What are some perks about being a BCBA at the Ashford Center as opposed to other? other clinics mm -hmm. um so we talked about ratio so our caseloads are typically you know around six to eight over summertime when we have that influx maybe 10 but that's like that's pushing it um it kind of it depends on the clients on your caseload and how many hours a week they are um so if you have you know six kids on your caseload who are all getting you know 30 to 40 hours that's probably getting to your max we like to shoot for 20% um, supervision. So if a client's here for 40 hours a week, we want the VCBA to be able to spend about eight hours a week with them. Um, so that higher amount of supervision, it just allows for, you know, higher amount of quality of care. Um, so that's, you know, one park. We have like the facility. I say it's like the dream of a VCBA. 
um, when you walk through and you're like, wow, like there's so many things that you can program for that you can't do in a traditional type of clinic. Even doing community-based um, type of uh, work, you can't control what's happening in the community. You can control a little bit more what's happening here. Um, yep, we have people in and out that you might not have full control, but it's a safe space that we have a little bit more ability. Absolutely. Um, my team of BCAs are absolutely incredible. Um, our behavior technicians, like we just, we truly have incredible staff. Um, and we're definitely have that family type of approach. Um, you'll, you'll, you're happy if you work here. <laughs> absolutely. And I agree more. Yeah. I love life. I do. All right, we're going to wrap this episode up. I have no idea what number of episode it is. We're just going to keep recording uh, episodes for you. Uh, feel, feel free to uh, like, hit the like button and subscribe. Uh, there'll be lots of different areas that you can subscribe, uh, subscribe to below. So we will see you guys next week.